0: Hello and welcome, fellow osmologists to osmology. I'm Sue.
1: And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're giving ourselves some time to debrief our team's discussion now that they've read the book, Revolutionize Teamwork, as well.
0: It was really interesting to get together, hear their takeaways, especially the things that they thought were notable, the things that stuck out to them, Yeah, because there were things that we talked about that, in that discussion, that we have not even touched on here. Uh. So let's get really meta with this. What were your takeaways from the takeaways, (laughs) Then,
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I think the biggest thing that I got from our discussion was um, just like proof in their feedback that everybody's getting something different from Mm -hmm. this. Um, which I suppose is natural, right? Like different humans on a team, different roles and responsibilities. And even some of the stuff that we have done so far have maybe helped, uh, I don't know, clarify those differences or, you know, further explain how we're accountable as individuals and how that, you know, rolls up to team accountability. So, um, yeah, it was just a confirmation of this challenge that we have and that I think any team has that. You're working with more than one person. You're bringing in more than one personality. Right. And every time that you add someone to the team, that just makes that all that much more complex. Right. You know? Richer. Yeah. Richer. A richer, richer. experience.
0: Yes. A more diverse experience. Right. More robust.
1: Rob- oh,
2: robust yeah. is a good word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The One of the things that stuck out to me that I realized I had been <sighs> – I had been focusing in this, a similar area, but on a different thing. Um, two two of our teammates mentioned the uh, it's the customer facing versus upward facing idea, where you have this traditional structure, which is you know at the top is the is the general or the leader, and the management below that is trying to please the leader, the people below that management are trying to please the management. Yeah. And um I was so I realized I was so focused on that from the management side of it that it's all this weird I'm going to use the word weird. I <laughs> it's normal. This is what is normalized in business that it's this very rigid structure of One, you know, one person manages the manager, the manager manages the people below them and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. And then it's the people at the very bottom row that are doing the work. Um, But um, I was so focused on the fact that that was so rigid and that I did not really think about that experience at the bottom. I don't mm,
1: Bottom of I the org chart. Yeah. The bottom of the org
0: chart. Right. I hate that feeling of like top and bottom. Anyway, right. right. But, uh, but the, this what the book points out is that because everyone is trying to please the next level of the organization above them, they are turned away from the customers. Yeah. So, everybody like the top level management just wants the people right below them to be doing what they want them to do and they're taking accountability, you know, the buck stops here at the top level and it's that way all the way through the organization Mm -hmm. instead of, instead of everyone being uh, faced toward working toward customer satisfaction, customer experience and the things that I think a lot of businesses say they pride themselves on, Mm -hmm. but they've put all this structure in the way.
2: Yeah, and also that uh,
1: some of the things that they're working that they might be working for are other kinds of common goals, not necessarily those couple that, like you say, almost every business has. They're good at or they pride right. themselves on customer service and things like that, right? So, yeah, this this whole um, what's been tripping up as we've been talk what's been tripping us up here as we've been talking a little bit is like not wanting to mention like top or bottom or the hierarchy or the structure and stuff, which is just an interesting challenge. I mean, I think as, as we continue, you know, through this accountable teams work, but just also Mm -hmm. I think in everyday work is both like inside our walls as we're working with our team or the rest of the organization. And then even as we're working with our clients and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just something that you, you need to like, know is real and understand is like part of business part of like organizational structure um and it it's just really interesting this um like acknowledgement of it this reality of it and how both you need to um uh, take advantage of the good that comes from that structure right like Things like clear expectations and mm. opportunity for advancement and, you know, stuff that we're, um, that both like our teammates are looking for and we're um, helping them work towards, right? Whether it's advancement or um, helping them understand clear expectations, you know, like the structure, that, that hierarchy, mm-hmm. that org chart, the totem pole, whatever you want to call it, um, allows for some of those really great things that every team needs. But then also it can be a big burden too, right? Because then it's like, well, that's not my decision. That's for the person above me to worry about, right? Or, um, you know, buck doesn't stop with me; it stops with them. So, or the mommy said no, so go ask daddy. Sort of yeah. situation, you know. And so, just an interesting balancing act mm-hmm. to maybe acknowledge as part of the process and something that you both need to understand and recognize, and also like intentionally ignore sometimes, yeah.
0: right? Yeah. I I think we both work really hard not to be, not to be that kind of toxic boss yeah. that is like, well, uh, I'm in charge mm-hmm. and you do what I say. Yeah. And if you vary from that, like there's a punishment or whatever, yeah. Yeah. whatever a toxic boss does.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and because of that, I do think, and I think I know that we do this, we trip up on this in our normal everyday today, right? To yeah. just not say, to not place ourselves above and to keep open discussion and, you yeah. know, all of those things happening. Um, there is a dichotomy there because we do that and we do it consciously and uh, mindfully to try and not create these barriers. Mm-hmm. But there is always that other side to your point where, at a certain point, uh, either we have to we either have to express this in the day to day, and be open and honest, and have a conversation to be like, "Hey, we we're a team. We're working toward the same goals together. I want you to, you know, everyone to view this as a collaborative effort, but just understand today, while we're getting along and we like each other and all of these things, understand today." That if the day comes that I have to if I have to put the kbosh on something, that we should still get along. Sometimes I just have to kbosh something. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, instead of uh what I can see as a toxic version of that where every day is chummy chummy and we're all happy and friendly. And then one day you just come in and you know, put the smack down. Yeah. And then that employee's like, What? We were friends yesterday. Yeah. And now you were a jerk. You know, so yeah. The open openness and honesty I think is really important then.
1: That- yeah. Relating it to the book and some of the like tools that we've talked about and even, you know, put in place, that like the decision matrix comes right, you know, to the top of mind there. And that's where like a tool like that and an exercise like that I think can only help um understand that dichotomy better and mm-hmm. know when and, and Maybe the times that, like, simple hierarchy means, okay, somebody needs to, you know, drop the foot and just say, hey, this is the way that we're doing it. It has to make that decision Mm -hmm. Um, because maybe the decision is something that you haven't talked about or you haven't incorporated into the decision matrix yet, right? But then there's other times when maybe hierarchy is the secondary consideration, right, where Mm – Actually, no, like we as a team decided that this person owns that decision. That's what the decision matrix says. They rank one, two, three, four people lower than me on the org chart, but it's their decision to make, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're pushing those decisions down, right? And that's the down, right? Is down the org chart. Right. Leadership structure. So um, like just another, uh, I feel like the decision matrix has been the one tool that I've probably mentioned most on this version of the podcast or Mm -hmm. you know as we've kind of debriefed our progress and stuff because and I think that because of the kind of leaders that we are that we don't want to be the ones to just because of our rank drop Mm -hmm. the foot um I think that that's been one of the most valuable tools for us as leaders that want to empower people to make the decisions that they're fully capable of and because I think of our leadership style and our overall friendly nature and uh, lack of power hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, We also are very comfortable in those few and far betweens when we just have to say like, Hey, this is the way it has to be right now. And also like, you don't need to say much about it because we've empowered you with all of these other decisions. Mm -hmm. Every now and then I'm going to have to make a difficult one that you may may or may not like, but I'm doing it because. I have to. Yeah, because this is the, the moment yeah. the buck stops with me. Right.
0: No, and, and really, no matter, as long as we live, as long as we work in the structure that we work in where we are working to create this uh, accountable team and that collaboration with the, with the sort of different structure than the structures around us, uh, we're always going to be dealing with a certain amount of people outside of us feeling they know where the buck stops mm-hmm. and it's always going to be, it's never we don't get past that until a whole organization is in the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: So yeah. still, if I screw up like the buck stops with you, dude, which is why I try not to screw up.
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. You're
0: welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, in reference to the decision matrix, uh, which we're going to talk about just a little bit later on, we talk about next steps, too. Um, for me, as the next person down the totem pole from you, that it, like that made my year, honestly, because there were certain... And I don't know if we have ever talked about this, but there were certain things that we had we had a handshake agreement or, you know, we, we had a casual agreement about how things could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it really wasn't until we sat down and had that discussion with the whole team.
2: Yeah.
0: And especially the ones where you were willing to say, okay, well, I'm getting out of that one. Mm-hmm. Or we willing to let me say, Hey, you're, you're getting out of that one. You don't need to do that anymore. Um, that clarity brought me so much emotional peace.
2: Yeah.
1: So,
0: yeah. and Again, to reiterate, I am trying not to screw up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, Well, uh, as part of the debrief, we asked everyone to come up with personal and team goals. So some examples that we brought. Yeah. uh, uh, For those examples, speaking for themselves, uh, particularly or specifically using I instead of we, you know, instead of softening a statement or um sharing um burden with the rest of the team by saying you know we fill in the blank yeah if it's a you thing um say i yeah and i I know we talked a little bit about um the use of we as like a uh you know like a sales tactic or Mm -hmm. as like a you know a, a tactic to maybe soften the blow of news you're delivering or something you know, so both the good and the bad side of that, trying to get somebody to do something or um, uh, the flip side. Um, and I think it's really easy to really easy. It's maybe not, um maybe with hindsight, it's really easy to know the differences to like, yeah, that was definitely a situation where I should have just said I. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so in the moment, maybe not quite as easy, but I do think that uh, most, of the, most of the time it's pretty clear to know, like, are you using I because, you know, you're actually owning something or are you using we because this is actually a shared burden or are you using we because you're trying to offload some of the burden on the rest of the team right. or hide, you know, the strength of your feelings with um, <clears throat> deflecting it away from you to, and putting it on everyone else when they may or may not want it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is, you know, this is one that, I balance a lot because I do know that I, I use we in reference to you and I in certain situations and the subtext behind me saying we is so that other people don't say, well, I'll, I'll talk to Ben about that. Sure. So yeah. I say, so I will say Ben and I talked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have decided this thing. Mm-hmm. And then i I always feel like at the end of the day, I am saving somebody money by doing that because now <laughs> we, we do not have to have additional well, is that how you know, how does Ben feel? Well, as I said, yeah. we agreed <laughs> sure. uh. but outside of that, yeah, you know, I think i I have been guilty of using it in sort of that more i don't know, what do you want to call it weak, toxic that that in that weak stance, which is like. Well, we we agree that we were going to do this, and now you can't be mad at me mm-hmm. um, because we agreed on it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think another one that something that I know I could improve on is if you know an identify yeah, an issue is identified, you um, know, say hey, you know, we need to do this better. You mm-hmm. know, and really, it's you. Like, you you, you this one person thing. that's doing this thing. You need to do it better. Yeah. Um, and. I think there, I know there are definitely times when being specific and just calling it out and, you know, if we're talking about identifying real issues, things that affect the whole team that should happen in the group atmosphere, you know, if it's something Mm. that's just a simple coaching moment with, you know, one person, um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to just do that kind of stuff one-on-one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that's where I know I personally have used we to kind of soften it and know not call anyone out or whatever when and I imagine that most of those times that I've done that like nobody was gonna well all of those times nobody was gonna die by me calling right. it out Um, you know and even uh can probably go as far to say that most of the time that individual that I would have been air quotes calling out mm-hmm. wouldn't have been offended wouldn't have cared they would have probably appreciated it and the whole team would have benefited from the transparency and from the, you know, identification of a problem. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think we, I think we do that to soften it for people. For sure. And, uh, and maybe, maybe a more on point way to soften that is instead of saying you should to say it would benefit you. It would make your job a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Uh, you would you would find that you had a lot less mistakes or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of well, you should mm-hmm. do that. They, you know what? It's funny because that that is one my husband uses all the time. Oh, we we need to do this thing. We need to do that thing. And I will always say who is this we you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> now do you mean I have to do this? Yeah. Cause that's what that sounds right. like. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We we have to talk to your son. Oh oh do we? Yeah. <laughs> And so making, another one is making statements instead of asking questions. And to reiterate, these are all things that they, that the team right. uh, had as their goals, making statements instead of asking questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I was really glad to hear this one come up yeah. because there is at least one person on the team that I have been coaching. I've coached more than once to say, if you think a thing, say it.
2: Yeah.
0: And no. It's not going to hurt anybody's feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, if you feel you're coming from a a solid perspective, if you feel you have have the information, say what you think, mm-hmm. and don't say and don't ask me, yeah. or don't ask that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and this to to give a little bit of explanation of what this is for our listeners. Uh, this would be the case where. So we are going to order baseball hats and I am choosing the baseball hats. And I think this particular style of baseball hat is the one we should order. So, uh, we have, I think all been guilty of, instead of saying, I think we should order this baseball hat. We say, well, I saw this one. What do you think? Should we order that one? Why are we asking it that way? Mm-hmm. I think we should do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time, every time you a- present something like that, um, you take away from your own expertise.
2: You uh,
0: open up the possibility for complication and complexity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some cases, you make your decision then you present your decision as a question, and then when someone says, no, I think we should do this other thing, um, you get spicy about it because you haven't made it clear that this is what you think
1: yeah. um,
0: or this is what you intend to do.
1: Right, yeah, especially if it is something that you own, right. that you're the decision owner of, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. So I, I was really glad to hear that that was on people's radars to think that way. hmm um, and we want we want to be open to feedback. We want to ask questions when questions are appropriate. For sure. But yeah. if you have an opinion, just say it.
1: Yeah. Well, and in that case, you know, the example you gave, like, and I don't think I'm encouraging, like, just another way to soften it, but I think you could say, um, I think we should order this hat instead or in addition or whatever, right? And then mm-hmm. maybe the question so that you're, you know, checking for feedback and stuff, like, is there any flexibility in the kind of items that we're ordering or can we order more than one or, you know, right. So then you can actually maybe learn where, you know, whoever first put that thing together, where they stand on it or what flexibility there is or isn't right. And then um, probably can get to the final a lot quicker, right. Because they're going to say, Oh yeah, there's a ton of flexibility here. And actually anybody else that has any input or wants to right. say what they think, like now's the time, right. Uh, or maybe the other end of it. Uh, and it's everywhere in between but the other end of that is like nope not flexible i am ordering this item because and they might have a really strong case because no specifically what the client asked for and there's no flexibility or
0: or this is the um, only one we can get the right number of things for the budget that we have or the
1: only one that they have the inventory of yeah whatever yeah any reason right yeah
0: yeah And it applies to things that are not baseball hats as well. Right. Which is what's (laughs) great about it.
1: For the record. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a good one to hear. Something that I'm sure everyone on the team can work on, but particularly the, I think a couple people mentioned that one. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's good to hear that some people are thinking about it and working on it. Uh, So, hey, surprise, surprise, referring back to the decision matrix. Boom. Also on the list. So sorry if I uh, spoiled it uh, by <gasps> mentioning that earlier in the episode, but yeah, just like I said earlier, just I think one of the, one of, to this point, one of the most valuable tools of mm-hmm. this whole process. Like you said, the clarity it can give an individual, the clarity it can give a the team, the freedom it can give um, individuals and teams to know to not worry about a thing or right. take that micro, even if all it is is a microsecond to wonder, can I make this decision or does this need to go to someone else? Or whatever? You know, like if you eliminate a hundred of those a year, you're saving time. Yeah. Right? And we also know that uh, a lot of times it's not a microsecond. It turns into a meeting and a discussion and this and that and the other thing. And then all of a sudden you spent hours when really like the person that should own the thing should just make the decision and move along. Yeah. And, you know, the maybe we've talked about this a little bit, you know, the fear with going all in on that is that someone makes a mistake. Make the wrong, one. right? And then someone gets to learn, and that's
2: cool. Mm. Yeah.
0: And speaking candidly for myself, I think that is a thing that I need to continue to work on because that is one of my great fears is uh, that people will make a mistake. Yeah. And, uh, Deal with those emotional consequences, and you know what? And I don't know why I think that's such a big deal because I did in my career, I still do. Mm-hmm. But it, it to me, for me, it feels like it's that feeling of well, I went through that when I was a kid. I don't want my kids to go through that.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, and you know, if I can use an example, um, you know, a designer designing something. If you've got some experience that tells you that, you know, something should be done a certain way, look a certain way or whatever, like of course you should prep them with whatever knowledge you have, even like a a technical, you know, methodology to do something, like provide them with what you know so that you can hopefully speed things up for them, Mm -hmm. um, you know, teach them a new skill, whatever. But um, they might know a better way. They might uh, need to learn a better way. They Mm -hmm. might need to do something their own way to really feel what it means to make a decision that winds up, you know, hurting a bit or yeah, you know, not, uh, not going the right way. Right. And like rework for a designer is one of the more painful experiences, I think, you know, especially if there's been any like feedback along the way mm-hmm. or, you know, if it's a big project where you're dedicating a bunch of time, like I think you can prepare someone in a role. I mean, and I think this applies to a whole bunch of things that we do as marketers, but you know, any any career probably too like you can do your best to educate someone to prepare them uh and not wind up experiencing something like having to start over and do some rework but the best way to learn mm-hmm. <laughs> to not do a thing that might wind up resulting in rework is to experience some rework because it hurts yeah you know it hurts your heart it hurts your brain you maybe even go as far as like questioning your own skill and ability but you know the very least you probably you at least know or understand that some time has been wasted, that mm-hmm. job's not going to be as profitable anymore, you know, and that impacts the organization. And like, I, I, of course, there's a certain amount of this that's acceptable, right? You can't do this too often, otherwise, yeah, you're not going to be in business for too much longer. But um, I do feel like it's like cost to do in business, you know, like mm-hmm. you just got to experience some of that kind of stuff, and uh, that'll help you pause or, you know, right. think about things a little differently next time.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, just to add a little nuance from the content side of things, the feeling of having to send out a corrected email. Yeah.
1: Oh gosh. Right.
0: I mean, and it is, it is that feeling in connection with all of the people telling you, you have to correct the email while you're trying to correct the right, email. For sure. yeah, Seeing
1: the replies rolling in. I think the date's wrong. Yeah. And you out, yeah. you're like, I'm trying to change the
2: Everybody would just shut up. Yeah.
1: For sure. And yeah. then there felt that.
0: Does sure. not. Do not recommend. Zero yeah. stars.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that whole thing. Um, just um, that experience of knowing that the email had so much more information or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is, you know, maybe it's an email, maybe it's a design, you know, uh, a piece of artwork or something. So much of it was perfect. Yeah. But you know, the one really important thing or just the one thing that's maybe a little more visible than the other or whatever, just that. Yeah. Little
2: Little tiny thing.
1: And to fix is no big deal. But since it's been published and seen by other eyeballs, all of a sudden it becomes really heavy and, it's, oh gosh, just a almost indescribable feeling. But also I think, I imagine that most of the people listening can relate or have experienced something like that. I,
0: at the end of the day, everyone has made mistakes. Yeah. It stinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is, part of it is how you react to it and what you do with the information. For sure. But uh, just, I want to put this out in the universe for the people who haven't experienced this, if they, they exist. Um and maybe are on the other side where they're the ones emailing or calling or doing whatever to uh, inundate someone to let them know they've made a mistake. Um, be gentle <laughs>
2: yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> about
0: that. It, it only takes one person. It, o- it really only takes being told one time. And if you can, this is just life advice now. Yeah. If you can possibly coordinate that. So just one person on your team tells that person they've made a mistake that would be sure that is going to save a lot of mental health.
1: Yeah. When you have control over it like that, where you can, you know, at least do the quick check in with others like, Hey, is anyone let them know or anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only get it from single source. Yeah. That's super helpful. And sometimes that's not possible. Right. Right. And, you know, definitely in those cases, you know, even, you know, I don't think that our job here is to coach people how to write emails or anything like that. But, um, And when you're when you're sending that stuff, like think of the human behind it, right? And even just like starting the email with like, may already know, but here's the thing that I noticed. Like even just that little, those few words at the beginning, like helps connect you to that other human to Mm -hmm. you know understand. Like yeah, I'm, I might because they don't know if they're inundating you. They might be the first person to tell you, Right. right? But also they might be inundating you. So just you know, thinking about all of that stuff, being gentle considering yeah. the human behind it um yeah that's yeah good life advice for sure good advice uh a, as a reply to a, a writer and good advice for yeah. life or
0: man. or a designer or yeah. really a human a
1: human exactly
0: just be nice to right? people i think that is <laughs> right. where, where we arrive on that one
1: yeah okay last one the team brought uh I don't know if uh, we just kind of naturally started alternating there, so I don't we did know we did a good turn. job. We're good um, at our job. breaking social contracts. so we've talked about a few things uh related to breaking contracts already, but um, yeah, you know this is just that um get rid of those social co- contracts where we can't be open and honest with each other you right. Know? Um, so something that I'm certain every person on the team needs to work on. definitely another good one to see on the list. I don't know if there's anything else. that one that excites you or that you noticed or wanted to share
0: yeah you know I think as I have continued to work through how I can manage that for myself and help the team manage that I think the thing that I keep coming back to is to look at it in terms of a what when you are what you are talking about is a gap in someone's knowledge skill or ability Mm -hmm. and gaps are fillable those things are all fixable. And when you, uh, when you look at it, how we maybe traditionally look at it, like this is some sort of major flaw in you as a human being because you made that mistake or it's an error and you made an error and no one knows how. And uh, that seems big and gross and hard to fix. But what we're talking about is being able to identify for your team where you perceive a gap in their knowledge, skill, or ability. And uh, ideally, when you point that out to them and ask them about it, um, and again, you don't ask them why they did it. You ask them, did they not know it was supposed to be a certain way? Did they not want to do it? Um, Or did they not have the tools to do it? That's the three. I'm getting good at that. You are. Uh, um, It's less scary. It's mm-hmm. less scary to do that because you're approaching it with this idea. And again, I think this is something we talked about um, very early on. You're approaching it with that feeling that they are innately capable. And if they're innately capable and creative, they can do the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it takes yeah. a lot of that pressure and that heaviness off of pointing out an error or whatever we're thinking, however we're thinking about it now. Yeah. If, if, And I think so often the the way this shows up in work now um, on a lot of teams is you say, well, why did you do that? Oh, I don't know. I must have been going too fast. Okay, don't go so fast. (laughs) And that, you know, that is a conversation I've had 75,000 times in all of the different times I've supervised. Um, It's not really helpful because there's nothing there that you can you know sink your teeth into you can't fix anything with don't go so fast yeah really right um because i don't know how fast you're going and you probably don't have a good gauge on what you were doing yeah um and it is more likely that it's related to something about your knowledge skills or abilities yeah so if we could talk if if i could say hey I noticed you didn't do that thing. Did you not know you were supposed to? And you said, "No, I didn't know I was supposed to. Holy crap, that's easy to fix. Mm-hmm. Okay, because yeah. now you do. Yeah. And uh, done. And you don't have to pretend. Yeah, or- and it doesn't hurt my feelings. you didn't know you were supposed to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah. well, and an opportunity by learning that to maybe dig a little deeper on that, like right. What else might you not know, Right. or aware um, in the process where I would have thought you would have learned that? Did you not hear it, and
2: then mm-hmm.
1: not to like say, well, now I need to go and talk to somebody else or anything like that? But maybe there's something about your process or structure that's you know got a little bit of a flaw in it, right. also very fixable, right? Yeah. Just, okay. At this point, we need to make sure that everybody that is getting trained for this job or you know whatever mm-hmm. um, knows that this is the thing that they have to do,
0: right? Yeah. And we need a
1: checklist, whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And uh, retort as a former trainer, uh, not everybody learns everything you try to teach them the first time. Right. So you can literally teach them. You can use a checklist, which Mm -hmm. is a thing I used to do as a trainer. You can have them check the checklist off themselves. You can say, hey, we learned this thing today. Check this off. Yeah. And then um, six months later, they make a mistake. Right. And they say, oh, I, you know, I don't know if we covered that in training. Well, you don't know if you covered that in training, not because there is something intrinsically wrong with you or intrinsically wrong with training, but because our brains are funny little things. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you either kept it or you didn't keep it. Yeah. And if you didn't keep it, I think we have to assume you didn't realize it was going to be important.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on what the task is and its priority uh, and, um, probably several other factors, um, by asking these questions by, um, you know, breaking the social contract, Mm -hmm. um, using this example of, um, you know, where the flaw might be or whatever, and taking into consideration things like the variance of people's brains and ability to remember and stuff, maybe identify a trend like, Hey, most people forget that this is a thing that they have to do. Mm -hmm. So that means like, yeah, okay. Checklist and all that's, yeah, it's still gonna be part of our process, but now we're gonna do a three month refresher, or right. um, we're gonna do some sort of train the trainer situation, or we're gonna do uh, something where people have like buddy program. Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. You know, this is an opportunity to like enhance what you're doing, uh, or you realize like, okay, you know what? Like, you're one of two people that have ever forgotten to do this thing, so this is totally a you thing. So, yeah, now you now and you, know. that, you and that other guy, <laughs> you and that other person. Right? <laughs> and you know, if it's something crucial or related to security or something, well then like. You know, you don't even need. I mean, maybe you probably you need to you know review all of your systems and training and blah blah, blah mm. all that stuff, or at least you know give that a look, give that real consideration. But also, maybe you just need to like drop it and like, hey, you need to understand right now this is crucial. Right. Um, if it's them forgetting to refill the pen cup, like, okay, you know we don't need to analyze all of our process for that. That's like now you know, like refill. The no,
0: pen I want to see the video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's check that. Where's the training video? video? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, we probably, I probably took that. We, we've two talked steps that one right hard. to the
0: ground. That's okay. It's yeah. okay. It's what we do. So we have next steps planned. Oh my gosh, we came out with so much stuff. I feel so good, <laughs> good. after our last episode where, yeah. we, where we felt like oh, we're still making progress, well, we're valid. But yeah. <laughs> now we have so much, we almost have too many right. things happening. Um, the very next thing we're going to do is an exercise, which I believe we have scheduled to talk about performance expectations on the team. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping, and we have plenty of time, by the way, in case you're wondering how much time we have, we have plenty of time to just discuss for our audience and for ourselves what that looks like, what we're talking about when we talk about performance expectations. Because I do think, and I think this came up when we were discussing what we were going to do, um, I do think it sounds a little confusing and that it sounds like we are going to talk about what each individual is expected to do
1: right.
0: as a part of their individual job.
1: Right. Which is not what we're talking which about. Which is
0: not what we're talking about. What we are, what we're talking about are the performance expectations to be any member of our team. So it is things like um, showing up for meetings on time or any appointment on time? Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to. I, as I'm thinking about what I'm going to suggest, because the exercise we're doing right now, probably not right now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> is everyone was asked to go away and think about what some of these things could be, these high level things, and we're going to come back and fight um, it out. No, <laughs> and right. and hope that they will all seamlessly flow together in. Uh, in one nice, clean set of performance expectations. Yeah. But I am thinking that these are high enough level that they apply to the top level of things that we're doing. So not granular to where, you know, I, I appended what I was saying about meetings to say um, appointments. Because I don't want us to get down to, well, you said I have to be, uh, you said everybody's expected to come to meetings on time, but I set this other thing for myself, and that's just my appointment, so I don't have to do it on time. Right. So to try and get it broad enough and yet focused enough to say like this, like we're really talking about a, we're talking about good habits, we're talking about things that are, ethical and sort of common sense things
1: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, to me it feels like a promise to each other you know Mm -hmm. it feels like something that we as a team are going to come up with and we're going to decide like hey these are the things that we're holding ourselves to and as we continue to grow the team like this will probably be the last question in those future interviews like do you promise to do all these things and then we'll roll out this big scroll with all of those things on
0: yeah one hand in the air (laughs) yeah one hand on the book
1: right yeah yeah but in all yeah the brand book it'll be our brand book but um yeah i mean in all seriousness um we definitely can use it as a guide during the hiring mm-hmm. process right like you know do we think that this person is capable of making these promises to the team you know um so i i love that we're going to get input from every teammate on it i'm very confident that we will find that sweet spot where it's High level enough, but also easy to apply to mm. the granular, but not necessarily describing the granular. Like all right. of, all meetings that during uh, 9 to 5 and in Outlook, those are the ones you're on time for. Right. <laughs> um, you know, not that specific, but, you know, something that can really be applied. So um, I'm really confident we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure everybody will come in their own way to... Like what they would recommend or uh, Mm. say should be a part of uh, these uh, expectations, these metrics, and um, I can tell you right now, spoiler alert: mine is going to be as closely as I can align them to our six big ideas, Mm. core values. That's going to be like my inspiration. I love it. And others are probably going to like come fully connected to their day-to-day tasks. Mm-hmm. Here's what I expect of myself every day, and I want that yeah. to be expected of the rest of the team. And that's awesome. And we'll bring all that together, and we'll be all set.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I No, I love that as an idea. Opposite of where I was going. Cool. Which is, Perfect. what are the things that bother me that other people do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how can we promise? Oh, or that no. I do. You know, sure. like, what are what are my bad habits? Yeah. And how can I make a promise that I'm going to fix some of those bad habits? Mm-hmm. Maybe where I started with the meeting on time. Yeah. Thank Gotcha. So after we do that, we're going to talk about what our performance metrics are. Because first we have to figure out what we expect of each other. Mm-hmm. And then we will figure out how we're going to measure some of that stuff. Um, we're going to review our accountability statement. That was another thing that came up that people are aware that we have... Made it. And we just have not gotten in a good habit of knowing where it is. Referring to it frequently. Yeah. Um, And also to refer back to our decision matrix more frequently. How often do you think we need to update that?
1: Um, I mean, I think at the very least annually. Um, I could probably even make the case. I mean, we do mid-year Plantopia. So um, Plantopia is our Planning right for the upcoming year, mid-year plantopia is kind of a check-in opportunity to modify the plan. Um I mean, one opportunity. We're constantly modifying the plan. Right, right. right. Um, maybe one more intentional opportunity. Um, so yeah, I mean, for our team, I would say like those two times are a really solid opportunity. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think as we interact with it more and more, uh, um, maybe a more maybe something more regular will pop up or And I think speaking uh, from the hip right now, um, the ideal scenario is probably an annual review of it. And we're interacting with it so much throughout the year that when we realize like, oh, this thing needs to be changed, Mm -hmm. we're just changing it. It's like a live document, you know. And then maybe, you know, we just make sure that we always have that time during Plantopia to just give it one good last annual review, add anything we haven't talked about, whatever.
0: Yeah. uh, That makes sense to me. Yeah.
1: Just, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. We'll give it a try. Yeah. Like we do. So all that and more Yeah. for next steps.
2: Cool.
0: Exciting stuff.
1: It
2: is. For yeah. sure.
0: Well, we appreciate you for joining us on this journey as we talk through some of these very interesting topics. Uh, keep on coming back to hear more. We've got more exciting things to do and work to be done. We hope that it's helpful to you. You can always follow us on social media. Or you can get in touch with us at our website, exclamationcuso.com slash blog.
1: You got it. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Be awesome. See you next time.
0: The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork.
1: Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.